Thanks for listening to the Mornings with Carmen LaBerge podcast, made available thanks to support from listeners just like you. Your daily encouragement that God has the world in the hollow of his hand. This is Mornings with Carmen LaBerge on Faith Radio. If we're going to fly, we fly like eagles. And good morning, and thank you for joining us. No, 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 I'm not Carmen. I kind of figured that out pretty quickly here. No, Carmen is on vacation, heading to the Northeast, I think Vermont, with her sister. I'm Paul, usually the producer, but today, your host, and actually all this week, here on Faith Radio on Mornings, <clears throat> without Carmen. But good to have you with us. Uh, Ryan Mitchell is uh, operating more today, what I usually do, so thank you, Ryan, for waking up so early <laughs> and coming in. You're welcome. You're Good morning. So appreciate Happy Monday. It. Happy, happy Monday. Okay, i got to try and do two things here at once. Um, actually, uh, Ryan, uh, if you could get uh, Dave Beering the Zoom link, yeah, it might absolutely. be helpful. For production whatever. meeting on air. I love it. Yes, production great meeting on air. Yeah, great <laughs> start to the week because he said the link he has isn't working. So, uh, yeah, if you can you can get the right one to him, that'd be very helpful. But anyway, um, yeah, our, our Growing Your Faith verse of the day. You probably just heard it a few moments ago, but let me read it again because it is an important one. It's James chapter 1, verses 2 through 4. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish the work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. You know, when a word is repeated, especially when it's repeated pretty close to itself, that kind of signals something that, hey, this is important. So while we like, you know, after we read that verse, maybe you're focusing on words like faith and mature and complete or phrases like pure joy and lacking nothing. You know, all of those are those positive words. Yeah, (laughs) that's what we want. Those things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, let's turn our focus to some of those other words, words like trials and, and that word that appeared twice, perseverance, or some translations say endurance. If you go to the Greek, hupomene, which means remain under, to endure, steadfastness, especially as God enables the believer to endure or remain under the challenges that he, God, allots in life. Now, there's something more to that word perseverance that our translation uses that I think is important. Now, listen to this definition I found just doing a quick, you know, Google search. To continue in a course of action, even in the face of difficulty or delay in achieving success. Now, if you've ever read the book of James before, and I hope you have, you know that James is a guy who wants us not just to claim we believe in Jesus. He wants us to live it out even when it seems not easy to do so, whether it's outside pressures to go with the flow of the world around us or internal desires that pull us in a different direction. James, Jesus' half-brother, wants his readers to ask important questions, questions like, all right, what do you believe? Really? Are you willing to stake your life and all that you do in all that you're doing to live out what you say you believe? Are you going to do that? So let's ask those questions. 
Do you believe Jesus died and rose not only to pay the penalty for your sins, very important, but also to bring you into his coming kingdom? Do you believe that he that you have been grafted into a new body, a new nation, a holy people, a new family? Do you believe as citizens and ambassadors of this coming kingdom that we are now invited, indeed called, to live in the ways of this coming kingdom here, now? Are you called to bear fruit consistent with God's kingdom? Something actually we're going to talk about tomorrow, talking about the fruits of the Spirit. Are you called, uh, pardon me, are we called because Jesus was full of grace and truth and we're called to do the same in our lives and dealings, pointing people to the ultimate truth who is so full of grace. If you live this way, you will be tested. Your faith will be tested. Are you ready to persevere, to continue a course of action, even in the face of difficulty, disappointment, delayed success? Are you ready to endure? When you do, James has those beautiful promises we read about, the joy, maturity, completeness, no lack. These are the promises of the coming kingdom of Jesus. They are worth enduring trials and persevering for. So, Father, may that be our hearts today, to live it out, to live what we believe for your honor, your glory, and for our blessing. This is, uh, again, Mornings with Carmen. I'm Paul. And the text line is open, 877-933-2484. I want to ask you a question. I want you to finish this sentence. God is, what are you going to put after that? Might be one word, might be a few words, whatever. Finish that sentence. God is. When we come back, we're going to take a look at some of those God is statements, including one from the Bible that on the surface may seem wrong, but when you think about it, it is such good news for us. This is Mornings with Carmen. Again, 877-933-2484. Finish the sentence. God is... What's your answer to that? This is Faith Radio. So when you start out the sentence, God is, what do you want to complete it with? We want to know your answer right now, 877-933-2484. Joy just texted in. She said, well, when I said it, I thought, you know, God is my father. Yes. Then her uh, eight-year-old, Sean, said, God is love. Yes. Let's see, Carrie just texted in, God is so much kinder than I ever imagined, and yet also so mighty. Ooh, I love that one. And then somebody up in the north, northern part of Minnesota saying, God is my rock and my hope. One of my favorite actually comes from Exodus. It's what God himself told Moses, Exodus 34, verses starting at verse 5, when God passed before Moses and proclaimed, Yahweh, Yahweh, a merciful and gracious God, slow to anger and abundant in loving kindness and truth, keeping loving kindness for thousands, forgiving iniquities and disobedience and sin. He is that. Oh, somebody just uh, put in steadfast. He is that. 
I bet there's one word that we haven't thought of, and uh, we're going to talk about that word today with Dave Buring, who is from Lionshare, joining us now, as he usually does every other Monday here on Mornings with Carmen on Faith Radio. Today, Mornings Without Carmen, Dave, you have to deal with me. <laughs> That's all right. We'll do that. Okay. <laughs> I, I, when I ask the question, God is, what's the word that comes to mind for you? Well, I like actually what you started with in Exodus 34. I think God revealing things about himself is awesome. And I love the answers that people sent in. Yes. Today, though, today, though, one of the ones that I've been thinking about, Paul, is this. God is jealous. What? Jealous? Where are you yeah, at? The, yeah, the Bible actually teaches us that. Isn't that an interesting thing? So, for example, um, in Exodus uh, 34, it calls his, he says his name is jealous. And there are several places where the Bible speaks about this. And in Exodus 20, towards the end there of the 10 commandments, it says, for I, the Lord, your God am a jealous God. Like those mm-hmm. words coming out of God's mouth, just like the ones you talked about in Exodus 34. Isn't that amazing? Yeah, it is. Okay. So let's back up. We need to do a little, uh, word dissection for a few minutes here. Jealousy and jealous. What is that? Yeah. Yeah. It's one of those words for us that I think we've always grown up viewing uh, jealousy as a negative thing. And I think sometimes, at least for me, I can get envy and jealousy confused. So Mm -hmm. let me, let me just kind of maybe give some definition of jealousy by contrasting. So envy tends to have an outward focus. In other words, we desire some item, some person, some attribute, some something somebody else has that causes us to be either discontent, resentful, or both because we don't have it. So if you can think of envy that way, jealousy is often found in a more kind of restricted context of protecting one's own items, relationships, interests, et cetera, especially romantic relationships. Mm -hmm. So here's a way to look at it. You can envy someone else for his girlfriend, but someone flirting with his own girl, with your own girlfriend makes you jealous. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. And so there, so there's a contrast there. So jealousy, it really has to do with something of your own that you know, you don't want to see taken from you. Thus, when you think about God, one of the key things that we have to realize in this is, is God is not responding. His jealousy doesn't rise from fear or weakness, but it's a, it's like a holy thing that rises inside of him because he feels like something that's his is being taken from him or is walking away from him. Mm. And it's it's that kind of jealousy. Okay. It is different because, um, and we'll get to this in just a bit after we take a break, because, you know, for God, who is the creator of the universe, who is, and as some people just said, sovereign, a couple of people just texted that in, and if you want to finish the sentence, God is, and then fill in the blank, you can let us know at 877-933-2484. If God is sovereign, is control of all things, owns all things, the universe is his, the world and everything in it, well, then he's not really threatened. Plus, he's exactly. self-sufficient. Exactly. He, he's not threatened. So why? Because with us, when we get jealous because we feel threatened, something that we love, something we cherish is 
possibly being taken away from us. And there's that. So for God, it's, there's something different here, and we want to probe into that a little more deeply. Dave Beering from Lionshare is my guest. This is Mornings uh, Without Carmen on Faith Radio. Thanks for listening to the podcast of Mornings with Carmen. As you know, this is a rebroadcast of the live radio show featured on the Faith Radio Network. There is a lot going on at Faith Radio, tons of free resources just waiting for you and for you to share at MyFaithRadio.com. My guess is you spend a fair amount of time on social media. So where do you spend your time? Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube? Well, have you followed or liked Faith Radio on those platforms? I would invite you to do so. I'm there as well. If you want to check out uh, my personal pages, you could connect with me individually. We would love to have you uh, use the resources that we have produced and are creating and posting on social media for you to share with others. We got all kinds of stuff from graphics to, you know, Bible verses. I don't know. There's all kinds of stuff. Go check it out on your social media. Connect with us on Faith Radio social media. And, you know, let's get the word out to others. All right. Back to the show. Again, thanks for listening. Love connecting with you at MyFaithRadio.com. Okay, God is, well, one person true said all-knowing. We also had steadfast. Brenda said that. And then Jim and Ann, back-to-back, as we mentioned a few moments ago, um, both said God is sovereign. So if he's a sovereign God, a control of all things, why would he be also a jealous God? That's what we're talking to Dave Beering about right now from Lion Share, which is a, a great organization encouraging you in the paths of discipleship. Right, Dave? We try to help people actually in this area understand God's character better. One of the things, Paul, I've learned over the years is that the image of God that you carry around inside of you, mm-hmm. it affects how you live your daily life. So having these kinds of conversations to see what does the Bible actually say about God versus kind of what we think is in our imaginations about him is really powerful. Mm-hmm. That is good because, you know, oftentimes we, okay, somebody said father, and with Father's Day coming up for a lot of people, they had a good dad, many didn't. And when they yeah. hear God being father, they think of their dad who wasn't the dad they w- <laughs> were hoping for. and. Yeah. That's why we need to propel ourselves back to the Bible to see what God meant by fatherhood and hopefully apply that back on ourselves, that kind of thing. Because that's, that's the path of discipleship, living yeah, out. no, that's right. So, yeah, that's right. So with that, again, talking about jealousy, because this, mm. this is going to affect how we do things. You'll see this played out as we talk with some of uh, Jesus' disciples. But for God— being jealous, it's different from for from us as humans. We started teasing that. Let's kind of pull that thread a little bit more because God doesn't need anything from us, does he? No, that's right. And you said that really well, Paul. It's like in light of the world that we live in, um, you know, again, jealousy and envy is is perceived as never a good thing. And particularly envy because envy is wanting somebody else's something, right? Mm-hmm. So it, it, and these things have to do with a really strong kind of selfish desire to have something that somebody else has. Well, God's jealousy, as you said, has nothing to do with that. He doesn't need anything from us. So there's nothing he's jealous about in that way. So as you pointed out before the break, it really is a different kind of jealousy. So how is it different? Let's let's flesh that a bit more. Because what yeah. is he jealous for? Yeah, that's it's really important that we look at that. He 
it has to do like if I could put it really simply, it has to do with with what rightfully belongs to him. So if we look at it in this way, Paul, who is it that put breath in us? Who God is it? Yeah, exactly. Who is it that created us? Who is it that gave us the gifts that he's given us? Who is it that put relationships in our lives to be a blessing to us? I mean, you go back into all these things and we have to realize God is our source. He's our source of all of those things. So when all of a sudden there is a wandering, you know, like again, much of this jealousy imagery is about the people of Israel who were wandering. Mm. And and we often can find in our own lives that there can be the wandering of our own hearts. Like we, we may be true followers of Jesus, disciples of Jesus, trying to, to represent the Lord in the world and follow him and have our quiet times and serve others and all those kinds of things. But But one of the things that we have to realize is whenever there is a wandering away of the heart to, let me just pick on a few things, an idol. Is there something that we've made bigger in our hearts and minds, like if we're being honest and real, mm -hmm. then God, is mm -hmm. there, is there sin that has snagged us? See, these are things then where God rises up as a jealous God because of his love. That's one thing, Paul, it's really important that we recognize all jealousy related to God is born out of love, pure hearted love from his heart. So it has mm -hmm. nothing to do with anything that he's trying to take from us. It's everything he wants to give to us. I kind of look at it this way too, uh, Dave. By, by the way, we're talking to Dave Beering from Lion Share again here on uh, Mornings with Carmen on Faith Radio. I look at it this way. God created us to be in constant communion with him. That, that's what it was from the beginning, and sin broke that. Yes. But he, and yeah. he's trying to get us back into that relationship. That's why he sent Christ to deal with our sins so we could have that relationship. But again, design-wise— the purpose of us, the, the design, was to live in that communion with God. So anything that would break that communion with God would be ultimately destructive to us. Yeah, that's exactly right. It's, it's jealousy born of love. It's a jealousy that wants you because you rightfully belong to him. He made us. He redeemed us. And, you know, in a lot of ways, Paul, the way that we can look at this is is there anything competing with our worship to God? Is there anything in our life, relationships, possessions, career, finance, trips, you know, whatever the case may be, is there anything, you know, that is competing with our worship? And that's one of the places where, like, I don't know, Paul, if people have stopped to think about this, but why did God, after he made everything and he looked around all of creation in its freshness, in its beauty, and its being original. Why did he say, worship me? And it's because he knew that the tendency of our hearts could be that we could get caught up in other things. And if he's, if he's, he's honest, which he always is, pure, humble, truthful, he realized the greatest thing that we can set our focus and attention on is him. And so it's actually out of love for us that he says, worship me, because it lets us keep our eyes on what's most important. Mm -hmm. And the, the whole line about whatever we idolize, we become like. 
Yeah. So, so you have the idols who are, you know, these little clay statues or stone statues that have eyes but don't see, have ears but don't hear, have hands but don't do anything. We become like that. Yeah, that's right. And, and I think there's times in the scriptures where God goes to extremes to help us understand maybe, if I could put it this way, how he's thinking, how he's feeling, what his heart or attitude is towards something. So when he uses language like in Deuteronomy 4, the Lord is a consuming fire, a jealous God. Like it, he's giving us the picture of what it would be like inside. Like like Paul, if somebody, you know, another man started to flirt with my wife, Cheryl, there would be something of a fire that would rise up inside of me, not only to protect her, mm -hmm. but she's my wife. She's the one that I walk in a covenant relationship with. And so there would be a rightful rising inside now, is that a is that an anger that's going to go explode on the person, or is that a jealousy to protect her and to pull her away from danger and bring her back to where that safe place is? It's that. Mm -hmm. And and that's the same heart God has for us. So I think today, as we flesh this out in our own lives, it's like, what are places in our lives where God has maybe become jealous because of how much he loves you, how much he um, has created you to walk with him, as Paul said earlier. I, I think it's something that we have to look at and view this through the lens of it's born of love and his pursuit of you. Mm -hmm. You know, you just brought up something because you're talking about your jealousy if somebody were to be threatening your wife. And I, I see that in Paul, too. And he, there, you, you had this verse in your notes from mm -hmm. 2 Corinthians 11, verses 1 through 3. I hope you put Put up with me for a little foolishness. Please put up with me. I am jealous for you with a godly yeah. jealousy. Yeah. I promised you to one husband, to Christ, so that you might present, uh, you might present you, I might present you, that is, as a pure virgin to him. So you, you see within, from the pastoral heart of Paul, a godly jealousy. Yeah. And I like how he puts that because it lets us frame it in a, in a more... Um, healthy biblical view that there's a godly jealousy that's there. Exactly. So how do you see this us fleshing this out more in our lives? Well, I think, you know, Paul, honestly, it's for me, when I look at this kind of thing and I let it, if I could say it this way, get on me, make, in other words, make an impact on me, it leads me to a place of checking in with God with my own heart and saying, God, is there anything, is there anything here that I'm doing that... Um, I need to make right with you. Is there anything in my own heart where I, my thoughts, my emotions, my whatever's has drifted and my first affections are not to you? So that's kind of a good place, I think, for us to, to be able to start and to recognize like he pursues you. And I think that's one of the things maybe some of us need to be reminded today. Out of his love, he pursues you. Mm. It's, it's good news. <laughs> as, as I Indeed said when we started, to, to, to think of God as a jealous God is actually good news for us because he loves us. That's so. Exactly. Yep. Hey, David, thank you again for uh, joining us. If people want to get in contact with you, you, you have the podcast. Actually, you explain this even more than what we did, but that's all at uh, lionshare.org, right? That's correct. All right. Well, David, thanks again for joining us here on Mornings with Carmen. Have a great week. You do the same, Paul. Thank you. Okay. Max Lucado is next with Upwards here on Faith Radio.
Ah, June, it's dairy month. You like a cheese, Ryan? Depends how well. Yes, yes is the short. Okay, answer. which okay? What are your favorite cheeses? <laughs> well, I was gonna say like when I think of cheese on a pizza, like that's okay, that's one of the best spots generally. you can put it. Yeah, yeah, that's okay. But yeah, if we're talking like, what would you put on a burger, Paul? Um, I am, I'm a go-to person for cheddar. Yep. Okay. That's my go-to. Swiss is also very good, mm, depending okay. on what's with it. Um, <laughs> okay. Colby, which is actually a form of cheddar and such. Yep. So, but, as long as it's not American cheese, in my opinion. Oh. That is no. It's not cheese. No. I agree or, with you. Yeah. Or, okay, <laughs> my wife had to help me on this one. There's certain applications for the use of Velveeta. Mm. But some people will eat that straight or use that on it. Oh, no. Yeah. You're, no, not, anyway. you're not truly living. Yeah. No, you're not. <laughs> well, anyway, I bring it up because, especially for our listeners in the Madison, Wisconsin area, have we got a job for you if you are a... a cheese aficionado and are extremely lactose tolerant. The uh, University of Wisconsin-Madison, their Center for Dairy Research is hiring a dairy taste tester to talk about food based on appearance, texture, taste, aroma. Now, understand you brought up pizza, you're more likely, if with this job, you're going to have to eat like a dozen pizzas and 24 different cheese samples a week. If that just rocks your boats thinking yes bring it on go for it there you go oh to be in madison for that one of course june not only is it dairy month but we're also as we're coming toward the end of the june it is what one of our guests our next guest likes to call scotusmas where the latest session of the u.s supreme court comes to a close and there'll be a flurry of decisions uh some of the most pressing and difficult cases will be announced in the next few weeks so how do they affect us We'll be talking to our good friend Adam Carrington from Hillsdale College about that and maybe see what his favorite cheese is as well. This is Mornings with Carmen on Faith Radio. This is Mornings with Carmen. I'm Paul. Okay, back to the cheese uh, issue here. Uh, Kim texted in Havarti, which is pretty good. White cheddar with salt. Uh, pepper jack is okay on a burger, depending on what you're doing. The pepper jack is pretty good. Adam Carrington joining us. Do you have a favorite cheese, Adam, or are you unfortunately lactose intolerant? <laughs> I, I am not, uh, but I am in a family where two of of the four people in it are basically. Mm. So actually, anytime I'm away, I, I I actually down about as much dairy product as I can. So, uh, <laughs> so what's your favorite I, cheese? Uh, or cheeses? Uh, uh, I, I I'm not I'm not that el- elaborate or sophisticated on it, but on a good sandwich, I like a provolone cheese. Oh yes, that is very good. As I was so. mentioning to, to uh, Ryan here a bit ago, uh, cheddar, and I like sharp. The sharper, the better in, in my book. Yes. Oh, yes. Yeah. I, 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 have, I have been told by others that I do not have a very subtle cheese palate. <laughs> so uh, uh, so that, that's, we, probably could, we, we could probably share cheeses. So, uh. Uh, so it sounds like. Yeah, and then we can get into ice cream. And actually, hats off, even though I do love a good uh, – there's a company in Wisconsin that makes really good ice cream. There's one in Michigan I was very surprised with, Hudsonville. You guys have a really good ice cream with that. 
Yeah. Oh, no, it's great to find local ones. I uh, I grew up not far from, not too far from Cincinnati, and they have graders there, which mm-hmm. is really good. So, yeah, it's always a good idea to ask the locals what's the best ice cream shop. Uh, I, I do more traveling than I used to, and uh, that that that's one thing I try to pick up on. <laughs> Well, let's actually get to the topic of discussion or among them. And we're toward that time of year, SCOTUSmas, as you like to call it, where uh, the the uh, justices of the Supreme Court uh, issue a whole bunch of decisions. And they just recently issued a couple that I thought were, OK, pretty important, especially the one out of Alabama regarding a redistricting map. Now, tell us what happened with that case. Right. So every... 10 years, the states have to redistrict their congressional lines for who's in what congressional district for representation. That stems from the Constitution having the census be every 10 years, so Mm -hmm. they reapportion the representatives. So Alabama was doing that, and there are some rules that the Supreme Court has set up in the past where... um, you cannot do what's called a uh, a racial gerrymander, and uh, it, it's a little complicated. But the main point is, um, you can't uh, dilute the representation of a historically uh, discriminated against minority group, like African Americans or Latinos and Hispanics. And the argument was that Alabama was doing so by having only one majority African-American district, which therefore could elect uh, more likely to elect African-American representatives. And so the the, the real battle um, for the, the court was uh, not so much whether that's good or bad. Um, it was really how good is the court at making those kind of determinations? Is it really clear when those kind of lines have been crossed if you don't have um, – explicit discrimination. So a clear thing would be if you if you found a smoking gun where the legislatures were saying to each other, we really want to suppress the vo- these voters and not give them power, that would be a clear thing. But this is saying if even unintentionally you cause a kind of dilution in their political power um, of this group and their and their participation, therefore, then you've violated the law. And so what the court um, decided was the majority said, uh, we think this map does do so. It does violate. Um, it does dilute African Americans' voting power in Alabama, and therefore you need to redraw the line, not with one, but two districts that could be possibly majority African American in their in their voters. So, um, you know, a, a lot of what's uh, and a lot of the debate between the majority and the minority was both how clear and easy is it to draw these lines, or are courts just kind of making it up. Um, uh, and the other is, to what degree should race be a factor at all mm-hmm. in districting? And that's where you have the battle between, on one hand, you recognize there's a history of racial discrimination. So how much should the law address that history? Mm-hmm. And to what degree, if the government starts making its own determinations on the basis of race, might it even unintentionally do something discriminatory as well. So all those were in this, but in the end, the court upheld that in this specific case, Alabama has got to redraw the districting lines. And therefore in the future, we're going to continue to have cases debating what constitutes a racially prejudiced uh, uh, district map. Okay. Well, we could get into other issues of gerrymandering with that too, because oftentimes whoever is the legislature in power in the state, they'll, 
try, or at least the party in power in that legislature, they'll have some funny configurations to some of these districts to get the most bang for their political buck. Well, and can I tell you the history of the word gerrymander? Sure. Is the idea that when they were first drawing these district lines uh, way back 200 plus years ago, um, there was a really weird district drawn to help one party and it looked kind of like a salamander. Mm -hmm. And it was uh, understood to have been drawn partly by a man named or at least linked to a man whose last name was Jerry. So they called it instead of a salamander, a gerrymander. It was what it looked like. And and did that. And I will say, (coughs) pardon me, um, this case was a bit of a surprise, too, because on partisan gerrymanders, where they're drawing the lines in extreme weird ways just to up their own political party to up its own political uh, uh, power. The court in 2019 had a case where they basically said, we're getting out of this. Um those may be bad politically, but we don't really have a clear line for how we as judges can determine how far is too far. How, what, when is this really a problem? Um, we're just getting out of it completely because we just don't have the tools to address it. Mm-hmm. And people thought that might happen uh, last week with racial gerrymanders. And and, and there were the, the dissents really almost wanted that uh, mm-hmm. absent absent a clear showing of uh, ra- racial bias where they said we're trying to do this so uh this did come as a bit of a surprise that they didn't go the same route as the as, as as the partisan gerrymanders okay interesting interesting there's one more that let's just quickly do this doesn't take long it's more for fun but <clears throat> there was a product from this uh dog toy manufacturer that parodied jack daniels the whiskey you know whatever uh and that ended up in court because uh, of the parody of the trademark. It was it was a trademark infringement uh, case, and this one was pretty one sided. Yeah, it was it was nine nothing. So the 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 uh, in parody of Jack Daniels, these are two toys that look like a a, a bottle of alcohol called uh, uh, Bad Spaniels. Bad Spaniels, <laughs> yes. Old number yeah, two yeah. on your Tennessee carpet, yes. Exactly. So, <laughs> I mean, it, it was quite It was quite funny. I mean, at least it was. Eighth, at least eighth grade boy version of me, funny. <laughs> uh, but it, um, and, and really here's, here's the thing, because there were people that were worried about First Amendment because uh, mm-hmm. Bad Spaniels was arguing First Amendment protections of free speech. And I, I wouldn't get too worried about the precedent set here uh, at, le- at least uh, unless they go in some additional directions they didn't claim they were going to go, because the problem here wasn't that you can't make fun of Jack Daniels or have parodies that involve humor that play off something. It's that um, in this instance, you had one company, Jack Daniels, that had trademarked its its name, its its bottle, it's all these things. And then you had another company that was also trying to make money off a product that mimicked the Jack Daniels product, mm-hmm. as opposed to if you were doing a Saturday Night Live skit or writing an Onion article or or or, okay. uh, uh, or something like that. That's that's the difference. So it's not saying you can't parody things. It's when you are trying to make money off. Right. Um, advertising or a product and it looks almost exactly like or like you're a subset of another company that company has some trademark protection so well, uh yeah that the reason that kind of jumped out at me is because okay i i've seen people with uh you know a, a coke like image on a t-shirt that says you know jesus is the real thing instead of coca-cola or similar things there's been products out there so something like that 
Um, that could be in jeopardy, I would think. Yeah, and here's the line that's going to need to be drawn that was the distinction here. The, the lower court had actually sided with the uh, Bad Spaniels company because they said all it's doing is communicating a message and therefore it's protected by free speech. Uh, the real question courts are going to determine is when is something primarily a money-making venture and when is it a message you're trying to communicate a message or a point venture. So the defense for something like that would be the ultimate goal. The real goal is not to make the money off the T-shirt. It's to actually say something about the gospel or open up a conversation about evangelism or Mm -hmm. something like that. Those things would still be protected. But when you're clearly in it actually as a company trying to make profit, and that's the main point, that's where um, these kind of trademark things where they're saying – Companies like Jack Daniels would have more of a point. And here's the thing. It isn't that Jack Daniels wins outright. It means that the company doesn't get special First Amendment protections. What's now going to happen is that there's going to be a lower court trial where the question is going to be, is the way that this company marketed and did their product, does it confuse or dilute the trademark that Jack Daniels has? So they could still come back and say, no one in their right mind would think this chew toy is really a Jack Daniels product and the company could still win. They just don't get special First Amendment protections in making that claim in in the trial that will happen in lower court. Okay, so it's been basically pushed back to lower court for the final decision. They were just yeah, but with with a clarification about the standard. If the other company had gotten a First Amendment protection, Jack Daniels almost for sure would have lost because when you're getting full First Amendment protection, the court isn't quite absolutist, but they're about as close as they get on anything to saying First Amendment claims win. Uh, now it's kind of a, I won't say 50-50 proposition, but it's going to be uh, a really a big debate uh, that, that it comes down more to facts and 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 trademark law and the constitutional issue is going to kind of be out of, out of the way at this point. Okay. I was just kind of concerned about, well, not concerned, but just thinking about that issue of somebody using it, like I mentioned, with a maybe a Coca-Cola, but again, having Jesus Christ instead of Coca-Cola, and he's the real thing. I mean, yeah, I know a lot of people have those kind of t-shirts and such, and so I was thinking, okay, how does that factor in? But when we continue, we're talking with Adam Carrington from Hillsdale College. He is our, uh, among other things, our our, our SCOTUS guy. He's our uh, Supreme Court guy, and as uh, SCOTUS Miss is coming to a wrap-up in the next few weeks with all the decisions, what's still pending that might be really important to us, especially as uh, believers in Jesus? We'll talk about that in just a few moments here on Faith Radio. When Jesus teaches us to pray that God would forgive us as we forgive others, what does he mean? What does our forgiveness look like? And how ready are we to forgive? Or how fast are we to forgive? How many times do we forgive the same person for the same offense against us? Living out the life of forgiveness can only be done if we stand as forgiven people before the cross and the empty tomb of Jesus. In Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. As far as the East is from the West, so far has God removed your transgressions from you. That's grace. That's great. And God intends that we would extend to others a measure of what we have received. So how has God forgiven you? How often? How many times for the same offense? Then who are you to hold someone else's sin against them when God in Christ doesn't hold our sins against us? Unforgiven and 
unforgiveness or literally no way to live. So join the forgiveness flow today. Ask God to forgive you and forgive others as you have been forgiven by grace. Praying together at MyFaithRadio.com. All right, what's still pending before the Supreme Court, at least decisions that need to be handed down? I'm Paul. We're talking with Adam Carrington here on Mornings with Carmen, or should I say without Carmen today, as she and her sister are on vacation right now out in the Northeast. Hopefully the air is a bit fresher up that way right now. But Adam, again, as you like to call SCOTUS Miss, as we get all these gifts handed to us at the end of the year before they ride out of town, uh, the, the justices of the Supreme Court, there still are, what, about 23 case is still pending uh that sounds about right uh there there it seems like every year now there's a rush at the end i mean that's why i like to call june scotusmas it's not like the court hasn't been meeting since october but and often the biggest decisions are saved for last not just for dramatic reasons but because they 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 those take the longest for everyone to agree on so mm-hmm. that's why these this tends to be the big month okay so with that what are some of we can't go through all 23ish but what are some of the big ones in your mind that uh, affect us uh, as people of faith i'll give just two uh one is there well are two cases about affirmative action coming one out of north carolina one out of harvard and that the future of affirmative action is going to be in play and we'll, we'll we'll see what happens with that. But I think it's going to be really trying to figure out, I think, it, under the law, what does it mean to love your neighbor when you have these differences and when there's been a bad, uh, you know, an awful history regarding those differences? Is it best for the government to be blind as to the race of the persons involved and just see humans as humans? Do we need to account for those past uh, sins and grievances and and things like that, and so that that I think is going to be very very interesting. The other is uh, the three hundred three LLC, which is about the woman who was a photographer, a Christian, did not want to do same sex weddings, but public accommodation laws are requiring her to if she's going to open a business. What is the status? in a uh, increasingly in some ways in, in certain places hostile world to christians for them to be able to live their lives their jobs their other things out in the public sphere what constitutional protections for free exercise is there how far do those go versus discrimination laws so that is going to be a, a major major one i think those are the two at the top of the list there's some other important ones but i i'd peg those two as kind of in their own category mm. Okay, so two definitely to keep an eye on as the final decisions come down in the next few weeks. Uh, Again, we're talking with Adam Carrington from Hillsdale College. Adam serves as a political scientist there, but Adam, I want to take a turn with you. Actually, because you're a political scientist, and I love the fact you're one of those we love to talk to, uh, because, yes, our earthly politics are important. They do have a God-given role, and we should be informed and respectfully engaged. But I love having you on because you also honor a higher political science, and that is of the kingdom of God. And that really shined through in a piece you did last month for realclearreligion.org, where you were thinking about our eternal neighbors. Uh, We have like three minutes. I hopefully can condense it in there, but tell us about it, because I I really want to point people to it. Right. Well, I was trying to think about the decline of 
Christianity in the West. Uh, that's it's much further along in Europe, but seems to be taking hold uh, more and more. Uh, the younger the person is in in America, and you know, people are bemoaning that, and and I don't and I don't think that's that's wrong. I think it's something to bemoan, but they're uh, in danger of sort of replacing that identity or conflating that identity with uh, our, our political identity or making our political identity kind of like our, a new kind of religion or a new source of unity. And what I wanted to to really uh, uh, push is that ultimately, as important as politics is, as important are as be as one's country is, that uh, our ultimate citizenship and therefore our ultimate fellow citizens, are those are, is is in heaven and those in the church, and to really um, understand that we have a unity and a bond with our brother and sister in Christ across the world that is much deeper and more lasting and more essential than even our agnostic or atheistic neighbor that may vote the same way we do uh, next door, and so really trying to get us to think in. Uh, our ultimate kingdom terms and therefore see the links that we can have between those brothers and sisters in this world and, and, and not merely see it through the lens of our own partisan politics, even though I'm not, you know, God creates those kingdoms as well, but they are not the ultimate kingdom. Exactly. And, and, you know, we oftentimes think, oh no, Christianity is dying. No, it's not. No, it is not. I mean, places around the world, the kingdom even under immense persecution, is doing amazing stuff and is growing, isn't it? Absolutely. Africa and Asia, uh, they're exploding. I mean, an interesting thing is, you know, there are African countries where there are more Presbyterians than there are in Scotland. Uh, there are, there are um, you know, there, there are African countries where there are more Anglicans or Methodists than their own than the countries of the origins of they're supposed to be the heartlands of those those faiths as well. So it's it's um, you know God will will not let His church die out. I mean, it will triumph. The gates of hell will not triumph uh, over it. Will not prevail against it. Now that doesn't mean that every particular church or every particular country will always um, you know things will always be going well or great, but. Uh, no, God, God, uh, uh, you know, it's amazing that a religion that started in the Middle East came to dominate Europe is now coming to dominate Africa and Asia. And it just shows that uh, really it is the Great Commission going to the ends of the earth. Mm. Adam, thank you so much. And again, if people want to find that article, it is at realclearreligion.org. Uh, just look for, I think the title has to do with uh, Our Eternal Neighbors. Uh, amidst, amidst declining Western Christians, I need to remember who our eternal neighbors are. It is a great article. Adam, thanks again for joining us here on Mornings with Carmen. Oh, always a pleasure. Thanks for having me. All right. Again, thanks. And hey, thank you for listening to Faith Radio this morning. You know, we started this hour talking about our call to persevere, to live out our faith, even when it's hard, even when it feels like we're losing ground. Katie Forbes, maybe you don't remember her. She was in line to possibly be the next leader in in Scotland. But because of her conservative Christian views, especially on issues like marriage and such, 
they nixed her out. And, you know, I, I got to honor Katie for doing that. She stayed true to her views. I saw a recent article and just brought it to mind. She was interviewed. And, okay, yeah, she could have compromised. She was gracious in all she did. She could have compromised and said, you know, I don't believe that stuff. Or No, she stayed true, being gracious but truthful. Yeah, we need to be the same. This is Mornings with Carmen. Thanks for listening to Mornings with Carmen LeBurge. Podcasts like this are available because of your support. If it's important to you to hear things that encourage your faith, click the link in the show notes to give now. And thanks.